What's up, Crossroads fam? It has been a minute since I have done a podcast. Uh, You know what this year has been like. It has been one of the strangest years. I just, I can't begin to explain what this year has been like for me. And I know it's been the same for everyone. Everyone has had one of those years where you just kind of look around and you think, what in the world is going on? Just to bring you up to date with what's been going on in the life of Kenny, um, well, I tell you what, before we do that, I want to give a special thanks to Crossroads Student Ministry for sponsoring this podcast, and I hope that people would listen to this. Like I said, it's been a while since I've done one of these just because life has been so crazy, but Crossroads continues to be faithful to allowing me to do this, and I want to thank Weston Baptist Church for this opportunity as well. So I guess to just kind of get everything rolling, uh, I've been serving as youth pastor here at Weston Baptist Church for 24 years, and it has been an amazing thing. When I first started in youth ministry years ago, that was it was kind of considered one of those stepping stone things. It was like, you're going to do youth ministry for a while, and then you'll move into being a pastor. And I've never really felt like I was supposed to be a pastor. Uh, I always joke and say, a pastor has to wear pants. You know, I wear shorts and T-shirts to work. But um, that's not the only thing. I just feel like God's given me the ability to connect with teenagers. And I will say that the older I get, the more I find that Oh, man, the way I've always done things, you know, your old dog, new tricks thing. You got to learn different ways to approach students today because it's just a different time and place. So um, not necessarily reinventing myself, but adapting to what today's culture is and, and trying to do some of that. It's just taken a toll on me. And so after 23, almost 24 years of working at this church, um, I went to our pastor and our associate pastor and I said, you know, I don't know any other way to say this, but I need a break. And they they mentioned, hey, we've been concerned. We've been noticing that you're just not yourself. And I said, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I said, I've never really taken a vacation. Most of the time, my vacations consisted of me going and speaking somewhere, and then my family coming for a day or so, or uh, I was taking beach trips, but it was with 100 teenagers. I was taking a mountain trip, and it was with 100 teenagers, or I was speaking somewhere, and it was with, you know, a 1,000 teenagers. So I just, I never really took a break from ministry. And I guess the the ministerial term for that is a sabbatical. So I just, I went to them and said, hey, can I take a sabbatical? And they said, how long do you want to take? And I said, well, I guess two weeks. And our pastor, he takes two weeks vacation. Our associate pastor takes two weeks vacation. And so I thought, well, maybe that's what I need to do. And they said, is that enough time? And I said, I honestly don't know. And our chairman of the personnel committee was in that meeting as well. And uh, I ended up going to my doctor, had to have some blood work done because I'm diabetic and blah, 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 blah. And I told him, I said, I'm, I'm looking to take a sabbatical. And he said, good. He said, Kenny, you need to. And I've known this doctor my whole life. We grew up together. And he, he expressed some concerns over some things he was seeing in my, my medical history. And he said, this is, you know, a burnout type thing is what I'm seeing. And I said, well, I'm taking two weeks. He said, Kenny, you need more than that. And so I went back to our chairman of personnel and our pastor, and I said, can I have three? And I was so, so blessed. And I I want this, man, don't get emotional. I want this to be heard. I am so blessed to have supportive staff 
in a supportive church. And they said, if three is not enough, you take as much as you need. So I said, three is going to work. My plan for my sabbatical. Sabbatical is supposed to be uh, a separation of you and your job. It's just supposed to be you and God. And that was my plan. My plan was going to be me and God. And I was going to be working to finish my basement because we want to get our son. Uh, it's not we're trying to get rid of him, but we want him to have his own space down in the basement. So that was my plan. And um, this thing called the coronavirus happens. And it's early March, and they're talking about it being a, a worldwide thing going on. And then the, the word pandemic came into play. And we watched numbers in the United States start growing. And um, I'm sitting at home on a Saturday night, and the next day is when my sabbatical is supposed to start. And I'm thinking, man, I've got three weeks just to unplug from the world. The world's going to continue to just roll on, and here I am. That Saturday night, we get a call from the Board of Education, and they say, we are canceling school for the next three weeks. And my wife gets the call, and she starts laughing. She says, hey, we're out of school for three weeks. And my son's like, yes, three weeks. And I go, well, that's just wonderful. And she looked at me, and she looked at me kind of like, well, aren't you happy that we're out of school? And I said, I've worked close to 30 years in youth ministry, and I take finally take a break, and now everything stops. And she just looked at me, and I said, I don't want this to sound the way it's about to sound, but I was going to have three weeks, and each day I was going to have eight hours to be by myself and to just get away from everything. And now the world shut down, and she she realized what I was dealing with. And so uh, I immediately go back into Kenny mode, Brother Kenny mode, and I'm, I'm sending texts to our associate pastor because they're talking about, hey, what are we going to do with churches? And I send our associate pastor a message and I said, what do you need? He says, nothing. You're on sabbatical. I said, no. I said, I can do my sabbatical later. What, what can I do to make sure we're functioning? He says, nothing. He says, you take your time. And I felt so flipping useless I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. I felt like I was just giving up on everything. But I tried to be faithful to what God had told me I needed to do, to do. So I did. I took three weeks. And in that three weeks time, I framed my basement. Um, I ran electrical, uh, started working on drywall stuff. And by the way, I, if you need drywall work, don't call me because I'm horrible at that. Reading the tape measure is very important, but also knowing how to cut drywall to what you've measured is even more important. So uh, my son and I were able to do a lot of that. And the greatest blessing during this whole time is my son and I have spent so much time together and I've been able to teach him how not to do things. And then as we repair it, say, this is the way it needs to be done. So he's learned so much as have I. But my sabbatical comes to an end. And before I took my sabbatical, I had a plan for what 2020 was going to be. When I came back, we're going to hit the ground running. I've got youth events every other week. I've got a beach retreat, retreat planned. I've got a, a mission trip to Brooklyn planned. Uh, we're looking at a trip potentially to Africa and just so many things on my schedule. And I come back and... We can't do any of it. We're doing online services on Sunday, and that's the only thing we're doing. So I started doing an online midweek study, and it was kind of like uh, I used to vlog a good bit. And it was kind of like when I would vlog, and I would just set a camera up, and I would talk to the camera. 
And that's one of those things where you really never know if anybody pays attention to it. I mean, you can see if people's clicked on it to view it, but it's different from being in person. You don't have that experience. And that's the world. I've, the word I've been hanging on to is experience. So we lost out on so much throughout the summer. Our students, uh, school, you know, it was it ended <laughs> and then here here's baseball seasons going on and it stops here's soccer season that's going on we were actually on our way to a soccer tournament they called and said hey the soccer tournament's been canceled that next day when we got home is when we found out they were closing schools down so you know life had turned upside down for our students and and that's where my heart is I'm, more than half of my life has been working with teenagers And so I was heartbroken for them, especially for our seniors, because I had kids that, you know, super baseball players, super softball players uh, on the golf team, on the soccer team. And all that just stops. And then we look at our seniors and they're kind of graduating. It's like, hey, school's over. We're going to do a graduation and we do a graduation and we do a senior luncheon for them. But it's just so different during this whole process. Um. We have the discussion say, hey, we're going to have to cancel our beach retreat. We are trying to do what our governor has said and the safe at home. And then uh, they mandated that you had to wear a mask here in the state of Alabama. And it just, you know, there's no way you could do a beach retreat and expect teenagers to keep a mask on, expect adults to keep a mask on, to stay six feet apart. It's just it's not a feasible thing. So we canceled our beach retreat. And then our trip to New York gets canceled, our mission trip. And then the trip to Africa is out of the question. And then probably the the one that hit our church the hardest is we had to cancel our vacation Bible school. And every year vacation Bible school reaches four to, excuse me, probably 350 to 400 children in our community. And we had to cancel it. And it was just a very, very difficult time. Life goes on and we go through the summer and we get to where we're able to start meeting back together as Crossroads, but we're meeting in our gymnasium in our family center. And it's it's wonderful just to be able to be back together. And, and our numbers were great. I mean, we had a lot of kids showing up, but it's just so impersonal because, hey, you're spread six feet apart. Hey, make sure when you come in, you've got a mask on. There's hand sanitizer. Uh, let's set up. Let's tear down. And it just it just was so different. And our kids were awesome. But as their youth pastor, I am struggling because here I am coming back from a break and I feel like I'm not doing what I need to do with my students. And it was heartbreaking. We get into summer, we start looking at school starting back and and there's debates on when it's going to actually happen. Is it going to happen? How are we going to be doing school? So, you know, they've offered many options for school. You can stay at home and do online or you can go to school and then school's going to start late. And being a chaplain of the football team, football practice is going to start, but it's going to be different. And everything is just so weird right now. So we start back to school. My wife being a school teacher, you know, she's gone back to her school after being gone for so long and she's got her room straightened out and she comes in and she says, it's just different. And I pick my son up. He started high school this year. I picked my son up. He said, I had like six people in one of my classes. I had 12 people in one of my classes. And he started naming all the kids that are staying at home because their parents said, hey, we we don't feel comfortable sending you back to school right now. 
then we get started with football and you know we're we're looking at things going man they're playing football it doesn't seem to be that bad but around in our area we're starting to see our numbers of the coronavirus of covid-19 grow and as these numbers are growing panic of course ensues because um our perception of things changes based on proximity. So when it got close to us, we, we all just kind of said, oh, this is different. And we actually had um, someone from our church pass away with COVID-related symptoms. Now, he, he did test positive for COVID, but he was an older man that had, uh, had had some serious heart issues a couple of months prior to this. And then you just pile all that together and we, we lost him and it was it was heartbreaking. And we've had so many of our older people that have battled this terrible disease uh, or this terrible virus. But we're trying to push on and trying to stay positive and to, to continue to build that hope in our kids that a better day is coming, a better day is coming. And so uh, during football, we start seeing their kids that are in contact with people who have been around COVID or actually have COVID. And so in our football season, we lost 45 players and coaches during this time. Now, they weren't gone, you know, for the whole season, but they were two weeks away. And so we're going to play teams and, you know, to add to it, we had moved up our, our school where I'm the chaplain had moved up to a 6A classification. And so it's a different world They're You know, they're dressing out over 100 kids and we're dressing out 70 something. But, hey, 20 something of those actually aren't there because of COVID. And, you know, it just been, it was a very difficult season. And the coach is, is a friend of mine and I, my heart's been breaking for him and my heart's breaking for our, our football players. And it's just been such a difficult time. While all of this is going on, racial tensions in the United States is higher than I probably ever remember seeing it. And I will say this, racial tensions in discussions I've had with older people who have been around a lot longer than I have of all races, racial issues are not as bad as they have been in the past. It's just more public now because of social media. And I Irregardless of how you feel of media, media will give you their version of what they want you to understand. And a lot of times, all sides aren't really represented. And so, you know, I was talking with a 70-something-year-old man. He said, I lived in Birmingham, Alabama in the 60s. And he said, "Um, life is better now for everyone than it was then. And I just looked at him. I said, well, from what I'm seeing with police brutality, he says, well, at least the police are being called out now. He said, when I lived in Birmingham in the 60s, he said, a black man shot in the street by a policeman. No one said a word. He said, or better than that, a church is bombed and four little girls die and nothing is said for 40 years. And, you know, it helped me come to better understanding. I talked with a a black man that's about my age and I said, I need to ask you dumb white man questions. And I know I can ask you without you being offended. And he gave me his version of what I was going on. And it's just been a difficult time watching our world hate each other based on things that happened years ago, based on mindsets that were started years ago. 
And so as a youth pastor, I'm watching my teenagers who genuinely don't see the world that way. And that's one of the most beautiful things about working with these teenagers is they don't care what color you are. They care about who you are. And, and, you know, I know that there are cases where that's not true. But the students that I work with, uh, one of one of the best examples is I go into a locker room and it's probably a 60, 40 African-American to white or or a 60, uh, 60, 30, 10 uh, African-American, white, Hispanic, you know, and, and they're brothers. You know, they they don't hate each other. It's not a segregated area. Uh, our students don't seem to have issues with it, but older people try to make them have issues with it. And so I've been trying to bridge that gap, stand stand in that gap and go, hey, guys, that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus is about love. And in doing that, there's just a weight on me to make sure I'm trying to give them God and not give them something that maybe I was taught when I was a kid or something that I think because I'm working with teenagers. They need to be able to make their own decisions. And so in the midst of all the racial things that are going on, the the riots that are happening, the the protests that happen, the removal of Civil War statues, um, just so much negative going on. Then we're faced with presidential elections and campaign slander and trash talking each other and all that. And it's just been a a very, very difficult season for everyone. And living here in the South is a predominantly, I guess, conservative area. So there's their version of what they think needs to happen in the nation. Then there's the liberal side and they, they've got their version. Then there's independence and they've got their version. And then there's me going, I can kind of see a little bit from every side, but I'm not going to try to influence you politically. I just want you to love Jesus and, and see who he is and let let let's put our faith in him, not a person that holds a political position. And I genuinely, with all of my heart, feel that way. And um, we start having bad weather then. And we're watching fires in the in the West, in the Northwest and in California, even. And then uh, we're having hurricanes blow into the Gulf of Mexico. And um, I don't know when you will hear this, but in the the end of October of 2020, there's hurricane and we have gone through the alphabet in naming these. We're actually in the Greek alphabet now. And Hurricane Zeta comes in, goes in through New Orleans and comes up through Mississippi, through the state of Alabama. And where we live in Chilton County comes right through the middle of Chilton County. So I go to bed on a Wednesday night after we had the end of our series of mail time. And it had been a great series. And I was so encouraged by that. And in the middle of the night, our electricity goes off. Here I am one week later. And yesterday, six days after it, we just got our power restored. And it's, you know, no fault to our utility companies who we've got people from all over the United States and actually a team from Canada that's here in Chilton County trying to restore our power. It's just there were 300 uh, power poles that were destroyed and each power pole takes three hours to dig one out, replace it and reconnect uh, a new one. So that's 900 man hours of work that's having to go on. And it's 
you just you just look up at, at God and you go, God, I know that you know all this. I know that you saw this coming. I know that you are preparing us for something. But God, I'm tired. I am so tired of just nothing seeming to go right. And I told my wife the other night, we were sitting there in darkness with the, oh, it, it has turned cold now. Uh, it was 61 degrees in my house. And so I've got gas logs. That's all we had. We're heating water up on a on a, a cooker and using it for bath water. And uh, man, it's just, I told my wife, I said, I'm just depressed. And it's not a depression like I need to be medicated. It's a situational depression. I'm just, everything seems to be falling apart. And the only thing that is standing strong is I know God is still in control. And that's what I'm hanging my hat on. That's what all my hope is in, is that God is still in control. So as 2020, as we look towards the end of 2020, I approached 2021 with a new hope. And I, well, we're going Star Wars, I guess, but I, I do. I have a new hope. And one of the things that we've talked about during the pandemic and during the, the racial division and during the political division and social division and storms that have been coming through, one of the things that, that I just keep going back to is I don't want to go back to what was normal because I, I really believe what was normal is why we're in the situation we're in. And again, I don't, I don't I'm not saying that God is punishing the United States because, but I do believe that. We've got many, many people that's taken their eyes off of Christ. And because of that, we are hurting. So, boy, this has been uplifting. But I just I wanted to start doing my podcast again. I wanted to just get some things out there and just kind of get my mind clear. I Honestly, I, I feel better right now just because I've thrown up on you for however long this is. Um, but. I, my prayer for 2021 is a better day. And that's how I've been ending my messages to people. I just say better days. And I believe that better days are coming. Uh, maybe, maybe here on earth, hopefully here on earth, hopefully soon. Or maybe it's just going to be better days when heaven comes. But I believe that God is still in control of all that goes on. And I believe that he will carry us through these times. Jesus is the good shepherd. Good shepherd doesn't push you. He leads you. And I just pray that if anyone listens to this, I don't know if anyone listens to this, but trust God to lead you through these times. Lean on him. Dive into God. Get into his word. Find the, the peace that passes all understanding through the message that he has for you in his word. Uh, pray for uh, your world, not just this nation, but pray for your world and pray with me for better days. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I don't know if anyone will ever hear this, but if you do, I would love to hear from you. Go to KennyCrossroads.com. It's got social media spots that you can um, send me a message. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know what I can do to pray for for you. Uh, I'd love to be one of your prayer partners. And man, better days. Talk to you soon.